All right. That was pretty funny what you said before we started. <laughs> Just saying. I was making fun of you before we started. No, I wasn't it making was... fun of you. I was just reminding you. <laughs> no, I agree. That sometimes you will be reading something or talking about something and you in your mind decide that something else is more important that you want to talk about. So you'll just like jump mid-sentence, like either mumble through whatever or just jump into the next thing. And I think it's because you and I have been together for so long that I know before you say it what you're going to say. So it doesn't matter. But I was just reminding you that people listening to you probably don't know that. I am guilty of <laughs> that. So you might want to finish doing that and not just decide that you don't care about what that is and like you're moving on to the next I am thing. guilty of that. Yeah. That probably comes off pretty weird if you're a new listener and you don't know me. <laughs> but I think like we've got a pretty cool core group that like listens on the regular and they're pretty used to it by now. I think we've st- we've told the stories enough times. But maybe I'm they definitely, still would like for you to finish what you're saying so that I'm, they're not left out in the cold all the I time. think I'm definitely unique on the caring level i think i have like a uh a not caring level that is unique yeah and you give it to our children it's fantastic yeah it really has but like it it's not been a good quality to have <laughs> it, at all i don't i'm not please don't take anything that i'm saying as bragging because it's, yeah, not. it's not all right what are we talking about today, we Mister? are i am came across this question of the week that uh, got questions had got sent about why do Christian why do so many Christians not have a consistently biblical worldview? Hmm. I, I think thought, just the the topic of a biblical worldview in general is kind of foreign a lot of times. It is to many many people or very selective. So it's either it's foreign <laughs> or it gets lost in the shroud of legalism, which we were talking about last night, and that's Actually, why I thought this yeah. made it a little bit more interesting because. And it turns off so many people. I think so, yeah. And, man, I've noticed lately these these movements are going to be the death of so <laughs> many people. Really, really are. It really is. And I have tried to tried to warn people. I mean, I'm not. I'm serious. Home churches they they get real sketchy. They could get a lot of home churches now are into the. They're getting into new age doctrine and. It's just, it's nothing good that is coming out of them. So you have to be, you have to be careful and you have to be on your guard at these things and just, you know, definitely beware of these, these different types of movements, you know, and these unchurched movements, the same thing. Usually these things are just covering some kind of sin, excusing some kind of sin. And it's nothing that you, you know, or they're building up burdens to which nobody can bear. Yeah. And I see it all over the place. I know I'm going to have a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people get upset with me. But as we started off this podcast saying my care level is is really kind of unique. I don't care if I'm upsetting you. This is what I'm, you know, that's well, what, what I'm we seeing. See I'm not every single day. I'm not. People get upset because, you know, if I say something about the Torah observant movement, everybody jumps on my back and thinking that I'm I'm you know, speaking of everybody in that movement, that I'm not realizing that there's legitimate people who just generally want to observe it and think that they find a more, a higher form of worship in it. Sure. I, and that's fine. I know I don't, that I'm not talking to you. 
And that's what I've, I've told people before. I'm like, I'm literally not talking to you. I'm talking about, come on, let's be honest. And I'm, and I'm not just picking on one group. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I said home churches before we started here and pick on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So people won't think that I'm just going and attacking mindlessly here, some other groups, but we, you have to admit that the, the legalism in all of these groups is just what is going to be the death of it. Like the, it, It's fine to be Torah observant, but it's not fine to honestly hound other people and tell them that they truly don't know Christ because they're not doing these things. Or to, or think, to think that they're you lost, are or to loving think that and you're, serving God better because of the food you eat and the way you dress right. and the things you do. Or, for instance, if, you know, I saw, I actually, this this whole divorcing and not getting, you know, if you're, let's see, how do I say this? Because it's, it is a movement. But this whole remarriage is adultery thing yeah. is gaining more traction lately. I've seen this in... Is, is perpetual perpetual adultery, adultery. and we've done a podcast yeah as i guess is the perpetual. yeah and we've done that that podcast before about it but that's getting popular and to be honest is that's piling up burdens on so many people that that's just one of these things so you always have to be aware of all these movements and everything that goes outside of the bible um and you know we just need to to realize that those movements are pushing so many believers or, you know, people that want to come and want to hear the word. It's just pushing them away further and further. And then they're just, they're inviting on the surface, but once they get in them, you just get entangled in a trap. And that's what happens whenever you go outside of scripture for anything. For anything, like whenever anything. it becomes about you and your mission and your vision and your forwarding of the kingdom, we have issues. But why is there so many of these different worldviews that come from this? Why is there so many different, you know, uh, I, I just thought it, it was good for showing... Um, you know, giving a good basis for why there's a lot of legalistic movements and things mm-hmm. as well. So I'll start it off here. And of course, like everything, we'll link it below. But their answer was, Biblical worldview is one's total conception of the world from a biblical standpoint. Fair enough. It is a Christian's basic belief system about the meaning of life, the true nature of God, the source of truth, and the other foundational concepts. Yet many Christians' worldview is not biblically consistent. They may approach some issues from a biblical viewpoint, but not every issue. I think that's actually a majority of us. Yeah. I don't think that that's... We've all been guilty think, of that, if not yeah. currently guilty of yeah, it, if not, as yeah. we stand. Absolutely. It, absolutely. This, this goes up for us as well. I know I have been, we, you have been, we as a family have been guilty of this. Oh, Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that, that makes us look slightly hypocritical and we're like that. But if you notice what you've done, do something about it. Right. Yeah. Otherwise it's sin and you're, 
that's that's not a good thing. Yeah, you got some issues there. All right. There are many possible reasons why some Christians fail to have a consistent biblical worldview. Number one, they're ignorant of what the Bible says. I think this is the biggest one. I think so, too. They do not know the word, period. They don't. You're yeah. ignorant of what the Bible actually says. Biblical illiteracy is the number one thing I think we battle in ministry. Or you're a parrot. You just parrot what you've heard. Yeah. If someone doesn't know what the Bible says about the sanctity of human life, for example, it would be difficult for him to form a biblical worldview on the subject. For those who are ignorant, education is key. So why do you think we have the different views of like abortion coming into the church and everything? Yeah. It's biblical illiteracy. Yeah. Well, what Carl Lentz of uh, Hillsong when yeah. he asked yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I'm not here. Yeah. a sin and they were like and he he couldn't give an answer on it. Lauren Daigle skirted the answer. I mean, so many prominent mm -hmm. quote unquote Christians either flat out don't agree with the answer or they skirt the answer, you know, whatever it is. And that's the thing, and that was kind of my whole idea with Marty Sampson and Josh Harris bringing yeah. them up again. God bless them. We're praying for both of them. And but it's there's an open invitation to many people of them to say, but still, I mean, what their their questions and the things that they're saying here is from an ignorant biblical view. Or I mean, they were just taught a false gospel. Which Marty credited Hillsong with sound Pentecostal doctrine. That's like a million red alarms. Right yeah, there. and that right there just kind of shut off that argument. You know, I just, okay, well. That answers that. We need to pray for him and just, we're starting with an empty slate, but let's not pretend that he was a Christian before. Let's start from the. Let's start from the, the He's an unbeliever and needs our here. help like any other unbeliever. Exactly, and we need to approach him as a, an unbeliever. All right, point two. They reject what the Bible says on certain issues. Mm -hmm. That's very true, too. We read the Bible and go, oh, we don't like that. We pick and choose the parts we want. <laughs> I noticed that, too, some of the podcasts that we've done, the, you know, the dislikes show the parts that people don't like. I'm like, man, I've, I've rarely come with my own opinion here. Well, then people add in the. So As a matter of fact, I try you, not to. But how many times? And, and we only say these things because, again, since being in ministry full time, we see I have this to present them as if it's my. No, you but know, how but, many people respond back to us? Well, you know, you have to take the Bible with a grain of salt. If we get a dollar every time we heard that, yeah, heck. Yeah, that's the beginning of all heresies. Yeah. So. Continue on. All right. So we'll start again. They reject what the Bible says on certain issues. The Barna Group conducted a survey asking questions about the Bible to determine if people truly believe what the Bible said. <laughs> the results were startling. Only 4% did. I don't know 4%. when this article is. I think this is in, I don't know the date on it. I would assume it's like 26, 17 probably. Is this older you think? That means the number's probably gone lose down. My spot if here first. I'm gonna have to lose my spot. This page was up. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was from the 23rd of this year. Yeah, I that's what it looks it. like. 
Professed Christians did not fare much better. If a professed Christian does not believe what the Bible says, it would be impossible for him to have an authentic biblical worldview. For those who are contrary, repentance is the key. I cannot believe it honestly surprises me and breaks my heart that so many professing Christians, and it's all part so much with this progressive movement and all of this stuff, that do not believe in the absolute inerrancy of the Bible. I mean, it just blows my mind Mm -hmm. how many professing Christians are like, well, you're taking it too far. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Not everything is for real. Then, Then why even claim to be a Christian? I mean, if you do not believe that God's word is divinely inspired, absolute truth, you cling on to every single word in that book, why even be a Christian? Well, here's the and here's the case. And first, anybody, if anybody wants a a verse for my claims that I'm making here, this is the whole book of First Corinthians. Yeah, Paul is making a case in the first chapters of this being something that comes from the Spirit. This is something that understanding and all of these things come from the Holy Spirit. And those that who are not spiritual will not understand these things. These things are folly to them. So they look like idiocy. So when somebody is claiming that they know, you know, they're claiming this because, yes, they've heard this, this worldview Jesus. We did that podcast the other yep. day, right? Which Jesus modern do you Jesus follow? Modern Jesus or biblical they, Jesus? They, they believe that modern Jesus, and they believe that it's the same. They believe that it's a Christian Jesus. Yep. They honestly believe that, but it's not. And you can see that. And in, in just when you when you bring up some of these these points or issue these issues come up, and you you see this resistance. And they're like, this doesn't sound very Christian. It's like, what? Have you read the Bible? You you clearly have not have seen it. And if you you wouldn't understand that, in in Corinthians, we're told that the Spirit reveals these things, and the Spirit is the one that guides you through His Word and gives you that understanding and gives you these things. Yeah. It's not something that's on a spiritual. So you would un- know and understand that. But they don't because it's just only a false Christ that they've been taught that they can come and, and argue or combat you with. It's just this 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 worldly Jesus. I don't remember at all where I was in this article, Heidi. Um, <laughs> I thought my screen went off. I think, oh, repentance is key. Yes. Um, on point so two. Point three is where you're at. Yeah, I mean, gosh, repentance is one of those things that we don't understand. I don't. You know, repentance is not necessary for salvation, but it's a, um, you know, it's a result because once you're coming to Christ, yeah, you're not going to be able to drop everything and, and, and just stop living your worldly ways and get rid of your worldly selfishness overnight. That's going to take time. Um, but, you know, you still have to understand your need for a savior. This is what's this is the whole idea of salvation is to understand that you're a sinner 
and that you have need for this Savior. And your sin should be, and then the Holy Spirit, once you've accepted that and you get that, the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts you and, and, and takes care of the rest. But this this repentance is is something that that leads you to it. So it's an it's it's just amazing to me that that's not something that's taught. Um, you know, when we're when we're in the well, in the church anywhere, we don't we yeah. we rarely hear of repentance, and when we do, it's just like a super hateful, crazy. Um, well. <laughs> Hate to bring it up again, but the Pentecostals. Yeah. They've been we've been um back and forth with a couple I mean, people that have been that have, have come out of the Pentecostal church. Stuff, yeah. We have ones that are still currently in it that have family in it. That I mean, it's oh really my goodness. And they are probably some of the most spiritually abusive the the extreme yeah. ones, not all of them. Uh I'm not again, I'm not I'm not if you are Pentecostal and you're like hey I'm not like those people cool I'm not talking about you um, I there's an extreme view of Pente- Pentecostalism that's just absolutely demonic yeah it, it is because it 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 threatens it's wow well, woe to them but we'll let the Lord deal with them um, but you know that that's the only other time that you hear it when it beats you over the head with it so it, it's it's something that that should be part of our our leading us to salvation and definitely something that will occur through the rest of our lives, but it's not something that we should beat you over the head with. All right, point three. They're more concerned with what the world thinks of them than what God thinks. Honestly, I think this is one that we're all guilty of sometimes, right? Yeah. We try not to be. But it's hard. It's hard. Why? You don't want to stand up for the Lord. You want to say something out in public. Why? Because you're afraid that somebody might see you and say something and you might feel stupid or weird. Well, and especially when the attacks come from your own inner circle, family yeah. and friends and things like that. I yeah. mean, yeah. Are you it's afraid? It's easier to shut. It, it, is, it is easier to shut down. And I definitely don't condone fighting or, or you know being confrontational that's not shining a light of christ and absolutely giving that example not. absolutely to not win them over but is there a time to stand up and defend the faith and dissent and to say something in front absolutely and i think that that you you need to not be afraid of what the they will tell you go into it with the understanding that you're going to suffer persecution this might hurt in whatever way, this might cut off all communication. This might cut off financial assistance, whatever it is, mm-hmm. from family. But are you afraid more of them? Or do you want to serve the Lord? Or are you more afraid of your family and afraid of man? Yeah. You make that choice. I'm not going to make it for you, but you need to. You got to do that yourself. You need to. You need to think about that. But again, we all we all fall to this, so it's not something. It's not something that's just I'm pointing fingers at anybody. We have to be careful and make sure that we don't. We are even Paul had to pray and he asked for prayer for the courage to speak as he ought to. 
crap even Paul sometimes had dealt with going uh which blows me know. away when you see those accounts of him praying see for those things because I'm like you're Paul you don't you're need so to worry strong. you don't need to worry about anything then fear weakness trembling he talks about these you're like what that doesn't even but hey that's why is because we need to constantly pray for these strengths and then you know do them all right fear of man will prove to be a snare see that's proverbs 29 25 it's it's in the word we have in the word it says fear of man will prove to be a snare it's a trap any believer who views the world from a biblical standpoint recognizes that he is not of the world i love that any believer who views the world from a biblical standpoint recognizes that he is not of the world if you have a biblical worldview you look around at the world around you and go oh wow jeez this is exactly like what it says in here exactly people act like that my surroundings look like that things sent i mean it's all yep sure does because guess what he's chosen you out he's chosen you to see these things all right Jesus said, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. So if Christ, if you weren't called by Christ, if Christ didn't love you, then you know what? You wouldn't, you wouldn't really have any problem with being in the world and you, you'd, be you good know, to go. you'd be good to go. Well, and that's what I've kind of noted before in our biblical womanhood. I go, we know that this path is narrow and not many will find it. So if you're going about your life with friends and family and in the world and your daily activities and whatever. And there is no nothing. I mean, you're just good to go. Everything's kosher. No problem. You're, you you might, might be of the stop world. stop and mm-hmm. look at things. You know, and that's why I say, hey, if I was a fly on the wall, but I could read your mind and everything else and see where your, your worries and your stresses were. And then I went, I went to your house and I went to a total just non-believer's house. Just normal run-of-the-mill but try person. it. And but everything it. looked the same. The name like, of Jesus makes people angry. It does. Just try it. You know what's crazy is I actually shared just today when I was doing the biblical womanhood. And I was like, you know what? It's unfortunate because when you desire to do these things, you will come in opposition sure. you know, with friends and family. And I said, you know what? I don't mean this in a good way, but you want to see your friends and family thin out and scatter real quick? Just mention Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. Yeah. I said, you know what? And from our own personal experience, you know, the more we grew spiritually, that's all we could talk about. Like nothing else even holds my attention. I could care less about TV shows and movies and what's going on. I, I don't care unless it relates to scripture somehow. I just, I genuinely, I'm not trying to be rude. I just genuinely have no interest in it. Yeah, it gets you to get up and leave the room and in I a said, family guess, argument I said, guess minute. how many friends right. and family want to come over and spend time with us? Yeah. None, because they know all we're going to do is talk about Jesus. Yep. We're going to sit down and do Bible study. Like nobody wants to be a part of that. It's, it, and it's even true because... Because professing Christian. It, it was true. They tried to sit around. And, and it's not... That, listen, this isn't something that we're sitting over here being prideful, going, look what we do. We should yeah. make, make no. being Pharisees, Pharisees making here. everybody look like they're idiot. No, not at all. But Absolutely this is the not. way that we live our life. 
Matter of fact, there was a meme that it was that Eddie Murphy face where he's like kind of smiling, you know, that sarcastic smile. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like when what is it, when people come over and all they want to do is talk about worldly things and yeah. you're a Christian or something like that. <laughs> you're like, eh, eh, yes. I'm trying. See, we're not trying to be prideful or anything, but that the world is so different than our lifestyle. And this is where it divides. And you will get accused of being prideful and arrogant. and Okay, but look, in any other circumstance, right? If you have a cousin that's a rocket scientist and you're at some family get-together and you know he's going to be talking about like quantum physics yeah. and all kinds of smart stuff, you'd be sitting there like, I, like I have nothing to give here. I, I don't know what to tell you. And in that instance or any other instance, right? If you have a family member that's really, a, you, you know, right? If the guys are talking football and you're there and you're a girl and you're like, yeah, gotta love that home run. Ha ha ha. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? But we'd right. like chuckle and giggle. Like, of course you're not into that. You know what I mean? And you'd get like a free pass to not have to hang out with everyone because you don't know about football or whatever, whatever. They, I'm just trying to give an instance. But yet when it comes to this, when you go, yeah, sorry, guys. Like, I just, I, I don't care. It's the world. It's going to burn. Like, right. it's not. Then it's like, oh, well, look at you all high and mighty. That's well, what it gets. You don't give me that same buff when I you know, don't know about football or quantum physics or whatever else it is. But, but when it comes to this, all of a sudden, then it's a personal attack. Right. Obviously. And if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Absolutely. But you don't. Uh, no thanks. But you've chosen out of the world, so the world hates you. So the so world is going to hate you. So if nobody's upset your life for Christ, you might want to recheck your life for right. Christ. We don't want to brag about these things. And like I said at the beginning, we don't oh, want to become legalistic. Oh, we are constantly legalistic. rechecking ourselves as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> it's and not just we that. don't want to be legalistic. So we don't want to make any family feel um, inferior in any way. No, not at all. But you, your actions around you should be, you know, you should. That's why in your speech, too, you should say these things. You're like, yeah, I, man, I just can't watch that anymore. You know, not that we're being prideful, but it's like, I, you know, I just, I, I can't watch that stuff anymore. It's just, you know, it's just terrible as far as, you know, whatever it is and explain to people why that it is. And then some, most of a lot of times, either people are just get, oh yeah, whatever, that's stupid. Or they like, well, you know, I guess I never really thought of it that way. So, I mean, there, it's just important in your speech on how you come off. But for the most part, it's going to, let's be honest, for the most part, it's going to be ugly and it's going to thin out a lot of people just by saying the name of jesus just by talking about it so that is why the world hates you it's john fifteen nineteen and seventeen fourteen. absolutely okay but let me let me read that part again so i'm i'm breaking up this whole paragraph here but let me because this whole thing's good it's just too good. <laughs> it is. A believer who views the world from a biblical standpoint recognizes that he is not of the world. Jesus said, if you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it, it, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So it's John 15, 19, 17, 14. When a believer starts making compromises with the world's way of thinking, he loses focus on God's perspective. Those who are fearful, courage is the key. So making compromises with the world's way of thinking, we that's another thing you do all the time. You'll notice even in your arguments about certain things, you're starting to make compromises using your worldly way of thinking mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But you're starting to make biblical compromises. And you see, and you know what? It can be so easy. Sometimes sure. you don't even notice it. Sure. You know, it really can be. But you have to, you know, sometimes people ask us our advice on things, and you know, and reach out to you for counsel. And we're like, I mean, biblically, the answer is no, you know, or whatever it is. Like, and then, well, everybody says I'm making too big a deal over it. Or, you know, I don't have to be that, you know, whatever all the time. And it's like, okay. But if you say yes or whatever it is, you're compromising on a biblical principle that you clearly feel some conviction on. So then you're also going against the Holy Spirit who is trying to convict you. Sure. That's, that is a big deal. I don't get, of course the world doesn't think it's a big deal. It's the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But you have to listen to these things. Yeah. It's like, I mean, in, in let's take, for instance, I mean, in, in some certain situations that, is there a person in your life right now that is refusing? I mean, refuses to listen to anything and walks completely against the Lord. Yeah. And you have tried to speak with it and they just do not listen. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of thing that you're like, mm, I don't know if that person needs to be in my life until... Yeah. They can understand that person knows that I love them and that I'm here for them, but, but they has shouldn't to continue to influence you, right? Because but I feel like too often we'll let those people stay in our life to influence us, influence our kids, because our it's, kids' friends, because it's family, yeah. and we couldn't ever friends, do I that. Hurt them. But what type of influence is that if yeah. you're not doing your duty biblically? You're making topic. compromises, yeah. is what you're doing. So again, you're not staying consistent with a biblical worldview. So how do you do it? You have to do it. Yeah. And you have to live your life by this this biblical worldview. And I I that's one of my favorite topics and I mean I I, I talk about a lot about the kingdom, but I mean biblical Worldview is very, very important because a biblical worldview is exactly where I found my personal freedom. Yeah. I don't understand how people come to the conclusion. A lot of these atheists come to, you know, we had some guy commenting on our podcast saying that, you know, he he left Christianity much like Marty Sampson and he's been never been so free. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, for he breaks our that time. Break yeah, he does. And I, and I, I do, I pray for him, uh, daily and I hope that he comes back around, but because I personally have never found so much freedom, it makes everything ever for me make sense. Yeah. Uh, once I finally come to understand these things and Wow. Well, it's like everything went from black and white to Technicolor, right? It was just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I I understand now. I get it. It's not about, you know, and, you know, it's it's very, very freeing. So, all right. Well, and that's Jesus talking about how his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you feel that being a Christian is burdensome and heavy and difficult and it's all rules and regulations. Yeah, there's something wrong there. Then I'm willing to bet that you don't have a true teaching of what this is. It's real. We're seeing people that we're praying for and it's like, I've finally broken free from this. Look what I'm doing. And it's like, sweetheart, you never had it in the first place. Yeah, it's so sad. I I want to help you in any way we can. Yeah, if there is something that's weighing you down, it should be nothing. 
because there's there is Christ burden is it, that doesn't make life easy. Oh yeah, again no. you got to get your perspective right. Yeah, don't come to this looking to get something out of us. Don't don't look. That's that's a prosperity gospel. Yeah. Okay, the prosperity gospel is that Jesus has things for you and that by coming to him and receiving his blessings that your life will change. Yep. Whoa, Everything whoa, whoa. will be fixed. Everything will be perfect uh, now. Let's not have that, that, hey, that may be God's plan for your life, but let's not start off on that foot. Let's start off on the foot of coming in complete and utter emptiness to the Lord. Absolutely. Realizing that we need a savior and realizing that we owe him. He doesn't owe us. Yep. So we follow what he wants, not what we want, what he wants. Because I trust him and I know that he will take care of Correct. everything. Correct. And it's it's not an easy road to follow, but it is freeing. It is well worth it. And at the end of the day, you can go, well, you know what? I'm really glad I don't have to worry about the way that that's going to turn out because mm-hmm. that's, you know, I know how that's going to go. I know how the end of this movie plays out. I know how this, I've seen this movie. I've read this movie. Hey, any time that you read the word through, you can, you can see this movie play out many times. All right, let's move on to uh, point four here where they're getting a little bit kind of serious into it now. Um, Yeah, it's it's really serious here. uh, Point four, they are lukewarm in their commitment to Christ. Like the church of Laodicea, they are neither cold nor hot, unwilling to take a stand for Christ. Quorum commitment is the key. So for the lukewarm, commitment is key. Sorry, like I messed up that part to begin with, so we had to like cut a piece in. <laughs> so it probably sounded really weird. It's okay. So for the lukewarm Christian, the commitment is key. You're unwilling to take a stand for Christ. You're making those compromises that we can't make. So, and don't be afraid. And again, we don't want to be combative. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to be ugly. We want to be kind, loving, um, and and willing to accept that person once they come back like nothing ever happened. Because that's the way that Christ accepts you. I mean, this is the this is how the Lord loved you. He does. He views your transgressions against Him as nothing, as zip. Which is just which is crazy. He he looks at that and says, "Okay, that's it." So you're telling me that there's some situation here on Earth, some human situation that you can't forgive somebody if they come to you and ask for forgiveness. Seventy times seven more. To, okay, we have no. That was a. That was just an example of. Don't ever stop forgiving them. And when they come to you, we don't hold those transgressions against them. We don't hold anything over their head because. That's not what Christ does to us. He didn't go. Yeah, but remember that one time that you were an adulterer. <laughs> that one time that you were a thief or a liar. Remember that once. Yeah, we gotta watch you because you do that. No. He doesn't look at you as a liar. He doesn't look at you as an adulterer. He doesn't look at you as a thief. He looks at you as pure because of the sacrifice. So remember, 
when we're forgiving other people for what they may have done to us, just remember that. So we have to be willing once we cast them out, once we, and it might get ugly, right? I mean, of course it'll get ugly. Because you decide to make the stand for Christ, they're not going to agree with everything, so they're going to say all these th mean things about you. Yep. You're probably going to slip up, and you're probably going to say a lot of things that you're going to have to ask God for forgiveness for that night. Because it's hard. Because it's difficult, yeah. and we're human, and we, and sometimes we slip and fall. But you have to make these stands and... Uh, be willing to to accept the consequences, but also be willing to be tenderhearted and welcoming and forgiving once they return. Because, man, I don't know, nine out of ten times if you're willing to weather the storms on how, how long this, this may occur, I mean, you might have to forgive somebody 70 times yep. before they finally get it right. But when they come to you, and you're just warm and soft and, you know, say, I, you know, I'm so proud that you're finally here. Just be ready to be that willing and that accepting to just let everything go and just have that warm embrace of, of somebody. And if you keep praying and you keep working at it and keep doing your part, despite all of the horrible opposition you, you might face, um, it, you know, that it will turn. So, Making that commitment, not being that lukewarm believer is of utmost importance. All right, point five here. They're influenced by the lies of the world. From the time of Adam and Eve, Satan has used his ability to deceive and confuse. We see that in Genesis 3, 1 through 6, and Revelation 12, 9. A powerful tool in Satan's arsenal is the idea that the Bible is a book of myths. That it's full of errors and not to be trusted. Yep. Satan wishes to convince people that the Bible is no longer relevant. Its laws and principles are obsolete. Many in the church have been influenced by such thinkings. For the deceived, discernment is the key. Influenced by the lies of the world leads to incorrect biblical worldview influenced by the lies of the world because what does satan do it's a book of myth so you begin to question the garden mm -hmm. okay well was that really a snake i mean i'm sure this isn't i've heard this was just a story was it really a flood i'm sure it isn't just there's just a lot of water there, in that one there's area. just so many questions that come into people's heads is it a book of just myth stories that's full of errors, right? Because we all we know it's errors and it shouldn't be trusted because man wrote it. How do we know that? Listen, there's answers to every single perceived error. Some of them are small. And and just you're like, oh, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are very huge and complex. And once you you understand them, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I recommend 10-minute Bible hour. I, uh, Matt Whitman, he has a video on that. Uh, it, I forgot what the number is, but it's how many ever errors in the Bible. How is that possible mm -hmm. is the name of it. So you can go to his playlist and 
he's got different Bible apologetics on there like that he does about, um, you know, the text. And it is fascinating. He's yeah. he is a great teacher a with great that. Teacher I don't that, right. I don't recommend him in a couple other ways. And I have my own issues with him. But like I said, when he when there's a good biblical teacher that who is, you know, doctrinally sound and definitely a, a great brother in the Lord. Absolutely. Uh, and I have benefited from him and his ministry so much. So I, I definitely, I just, he's a little too goofy for me to recommend on, you know, any kind of other things and a little too silly with it. But when he dives deep into his his topical studies like like these, man, he does a good job with it. So I recommend people that are if you're always wondered about that, had questions about it, go check that video out. He does a great job with it, and also provides resources that you can go and further study yeah. uh, on your own. And I would. I can attempt. I'll attempt. I will do a podcast on it. Um, there's just a lot. Like I said, they're just either complex, they're really simple or stupid. So maybe I'll do a podcast on the simple and stupid ones that people, per, you know, perceive common perceived errors. So I'm sure that would be beneficial to some people. But in the meantime, check out Matt. He's way better than I am with it. With that. Um. So that's, but we have to remember that these are tools in Satan's arsenal. These are literally, this is where these doctors, this is where, how deep Satan is inside of what, you know, the inner workings of what we, what we do our daily lives as Christians is tries to convince you it's full of errors and cannot be trusted. It's a book full of myths. He wishes to convince people that the Bible is no longer relevant. Well, yeah, all that stuff is stupid. All that older stuff, yeah, we don't really have to listen to that. Yeah, that stuff about, you know, women teachers and that. that we need to move on from that. That was just all an that, old-fashioned way. All that it, staying it quiet. It doesn't mean we have to that, do that anymore. Uh, These are modern times. Yeah, sin, repentance, we don't, that stuff, we don't have to do that anymore. You know, this is modern you know, all oh, those things that Paul was saying about sexuality, that was just for them at the time. These are all lies from Satan. Telling you that these things are no longer relevant. Telling you the things that Paul speaks about in Romans. The condition of the church that Jesus Christ himself explains in Revelation. These are all things that they try to get that he tries to get you to believe. That it's no longer relevant in the or that this is obsolete. This has already happened. It's a very powerful tool in his ar arsenal. It says many in the church have been influenced by such thinking for the deceived. The discernment is key. Point six, and we're almost done. They're swayed by their circumstances and doubt God's promises. Whew. Yeah. Oh that's man. I'll take a minute because I know that's probably hurting a lot of people deep right there. Yeah. When they are swayed by the circumstances and doubt God's promises. Well, that's what you That leads about to the a other day. messed up biblical worldview. Well, remember we were talking the other day when people say, you know, they're just 
too stressed. They just too overwhelmed. And, and you, how do we do that? I go, well, you're not trusting God. Yep. I mean, that's the honest answer to it. If you are just so stressed out and so over, it's because you're not trusting God. It seems like a very, very, I don't ever want to come off as stern and way too direct because I don't ever want to hurt anybody. I really don't ever. But you know, when people come and ask these questions, sometimes you have to answer very direct and you just have to be honest. You say, listen, you are not trusting God. Yeah. You have little faith right now. You are sinking, right? Christ called you to come out and to walk on the water. Yep. And as you were walking, you started to doubt it. And and you're sinking. Immediately. So that's little faith. I know that sounds like that's not what you wanted to hear. Because a lot of times, well, how do I fix this? Well, well unfortunately. Yeah, I don't want it to be something I have to do. I want you to fix something <laughs> and, and uh, me to continue on where un- I'm comfortable. You know, right? un- unfortunately, when we go and we ask a lot of these questions, I think everybody just needs to go to Walmart and just purchase a very, very cheap mirror. Because yeah. that's honestly got Dollar Tree. Hold it right up. what it boils down to. Yeah. And what you have to it's look at. It's unfortunate, but that's absolutely it is. true. Yes. And and understand that and we're the, all guilty. And the Lord's telling you, wait, where where am I? Where's your faith? Yeah. Where is it? Okay, so they're swayed by their circumstances about God's promises. In Matthew fourteen, <laughs> okay. I didn't read point, I'm not kidding. I did not read point six before we started this. I wanted this to kind of be on the fly podcast here. Um, And I did not read this before. So that's funny. I was just saying this. Uh, In Matthew 14, when when Peter said, I do. It's it's (laughs) really funny how this happens. Mm -hmm. In Matthew 14, when Peter stepped out of the boat on the water, he was demonstrating a biblical worldview. Jesus is the source of all power. However, when Peter focused on the storm-tossed sea, his worldview shifted. Maybe the waves are more powerful than Jesus. For the doubting, faith is key. So, yeah, I already went through my spiel on that. But that's interesting (laughs) that they put that at six. I didn't didn't read that last point there. Uh, to uh, To have a consistently biblical worldview, we must go back to the Bible and take hold of the promises God has made for us. For the world offers us nothing. Amen. And on that they have Luke 9.25 for riches. What if? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Yep. John 12.25, whoever loves his life loses it. Yep. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Amen. Who? And that's Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's forget Paul. Before you get mad, this is straight out of. And although Paul's words were divinely inspired by Christ. So it's. Yeah, but it's I think same, when you're like but, Jesus but literally if, if, out of his mouth if, came if these people, words. These were actually Jesus' words. So, And then, of course, Matthew six nineteen: Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So that is 
their answer to the question of why do you communicate why do so many Christians not have a consistently biblical worldview? So why why do we have these worries? Why do we have these problems in the church? Why do we why do we have these things? It gets so funny because it's so often they'll jump on you for saying anything against anybody. And then I'm like, oh, oh, really? You have it all figured out then? Everything's perfect and everything's fine? Where is this rose-colored glass? Well, it's the world. That's exactly where it's coming from. So I thought that was an interesting conversation, an interesting answer to have. Yeah. I'm glad you found that. You totally caught me off guard with that. I had no idea what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, that, was, but a, that I think was a that surprise was cool. one. We'll link it. I think to be learned in all of this, though, is uh, we want to make sure that we stay rooted in God's word. We want to not go outside what is written. Obviously, we must go outside what is written to understand history, geography, different things yeah. like this. I mean... I'm not talking about obvious, obvious things. I'm talking about we get wrapped up in the doctrines of men. We get wrapped up in men. We lift these men up as if, well, this teacher says this and this mm -hmm. teacher says this. You know what? Tear those idols down. That's nobody. You know, you need to be armed with the Holy Spirit and common sense. <laughs> Those two things, yeah. you'll be fine. Um, and we're, through our regular Bible study series, we're working on going through that and just kind of showing uh, the simplicity of joy in all these trials in Psalms. So we invite you to listen to our Bible studies if you're new. And that is... It's the end of this one, I think. Do you got anything else to add to this I one? I don't think so. I think that was great. All right. Well, we'll see you next time.